listening to the Matafogt podcast. My name is Natalia, and this is the third interview of this series. In Matafogt podcast, female postdocs and junior researchers of Forschungsverbund Berlin share stories about their journeys to science, their motivations, and their life beyond scientific research. In today's episode, I am meeting with Dr. Luisa Andres, a postdoc researcher from the Weierstrass Institute for Applied Analysis and Stochastics. What image comes to your mind when you hear the word mathematician? Most likely, you imagine a kind of genius who began to solve mathematical riddles at the age of five, someone who leads a reserved and isolated life, maybe a little bit detached from the reality. And most likely, it will be he. Mathematics is still very often perceived by public as something that is only chosen and very special men can do. Not the last role in forming such a public image played, of course, a popular culture. Think about, for example, the Hollywood masterpieces such as Beautiful Mind or Goodwill Hunting. When I met Luisa Andres, she immediately broke all of these stereotypes. Luisa also believes that mathematics is indeed for everyone and that the only prerequisite for becoming a mathematician is to love mathematics. Luisa studied mathematics at the University of Torino in Italy and then obtained a PhD in computational mathematics at the University of Padova. She then moved to Weierstrass Institute in Berlin to work as a postdoc in the group Interacting Random Systems. She works at the boundary between physics and mathematics. She is mainly interested in understanding universality in nature and in mathematics. Enjoy the episode! Hi, Luisa. Thanks again for taking time to meet with me. Hello. In your research, you focus on probability theory. Can you maybe tell a bit what was your path to it and why did you choose this particular branch of mathematics? Uh, okay, so yes, I'm working in probability and I decided to focus on this because uh, what we are studying are systems with many um, interacting components. And I think that even if we are studying this from a fairly theoretical point of view, in the end, this is everywhere in the world we have, we see these systems of many interacting components with complex interactions. And it's nice to, to think of simplifying some of these interaction and trying to capture some of these behaviors. So in some sense, I ended up studying this because it's a halfway between uh, theoretical stuff, but with some eye on the applied uh, world in some sense that I've, I'm still rather far from the reality, but I feel uh, some connection sometimes when, when, I, when I do this. So you can say that the application side is quite important for you, nevertheless? Uh, that's a good question. In some sense, uh, I like to, to work in theoretical stuff because they are rather safe in a sense that, that, that they are usually either right or wrong. So you, you feel like you're somehow in, in some very protected bubble, what you're studying and, and your results, they cannot really be attacked by something. Uh, while the reality, you know, it's always a bit less clear and there are many gray zones. And so on this side, I like to be not too much into the reality. But on the other side, I also like to 
think that at least uh, with some small contribution or with some, at least a bit, maybe far, but I'm still doing something that it relates a bit to, to, to real life and, and applications and, and what's going on around me. So such that it's not just what's going on inside our offices, but also with an eye outside. Can you maybe give some example of this interacting components that your your study, your research can be applied for? So uh, we are studying mainly uh, systems. Uh, at the moment, I'm, I'm working in system with um, coagulation interaction. That means that you have to imagine many particles uh, that at one point, uh, due to some sort of rule, uh, interaction rule, they can merge together in larger particles. So this is what we are studying. And, and this, of course, uh, has some direct uh, uh, description in terms of chemical particles, maybe, but it can also describe, for example, groups of people, or maybe also, I don't know, any network in which uh, adding some connection is putting everyone in interaction with the others. So if you think of something like a social network, then maybe as soon as you add a link between two persons, then you immediately have a way to go from one point to the other directly without having to do a very long route to get there. So these are, in some sense, uh, uh, Everything can be described in this sense of uh, adding some, some connection and having this merged together into one larger component. I've seen in your CV that you, started, you started your PhD pretty much right after your master thesis. It was a very short, sort of two or three months between. Yes. Were you already sure during your master studies that you want to continue? In, to work in science? Yes, in some sense, uh, you can think of this like the other way around. While I was doing the master thesis, I really didn't know anything else about the, the world outside. So it was a bit natural to think, maybe I will try to stay here, to, to, to go on with the research. Because also I studied mathematics and, and there it's... Um, it's a bit natu more natural to go on. Uh, if you want to go on with what you're doing, then you, you think of the academia rather than going to something outside because then you have the feeling that outside you will have to completely change what you're doing, that, that maybe the, the world will be, uh, so the, the job market will be happy to have you because maybe you studied mathematics and you are ready to attack very difficult problems, but you won't do directly what you studied for. So I think, so at least for me, this was a bit the, the idea. I was loving what I was doing and I thought, okay, let's try to go on with this. And then if for some reason I, I cannot or, or I, I realize that I don't like it anymore, then maybe I try to change after. And when you started your PhD, did you feel any change in, in comparison to, to doing scientific work on your master thesis? Mm, yes, I, I think, uh, well, first of all, I think uh, I started uh, liking more what I was doing because I had uh, the feeling when, when you are in the university, 
it's already changing a bit when you write the thesis with the master thesis, but it's more or less that somebody gives you something to do and then, then you just have either to study that, to understand that, but it's a bit less about your own work. Then I, I started already a bit that during the master thesis to, to think of something uh, done by myself with, with my, my, the professor that was uh, uh, supervising my thesis. But then in the PhD, you immediately realize that this is how it's going to be for the next uh, three, four years. And then sometimes you feel a bit more the pressure of this because you feel that, that it's it's, on, it's all on you, so it's, it's not enough to sit down and study and, and, and put all your efforts in doing that, but, but you feel that you have to, to come up with some nice idea. But it's also true that you feel what you're doing much more yours than, than just something thought by somebody else and that you have to study. So for me, that, that was a way to start liking more what I was doing, a bit less uh, in a passive way, but more in an active way. And were there some something unexpected in the environment that how it changed in comparison to, to master studies? Uh, I don't know. I think it was... So, well, what I found super nice at the beginning, uh, that everything was incredibly informal. So as soon as uh, I, I changed the university, so I studied in one university and then I did the PhD in another place and basically with completely new people. And, uh, and so I arrived there as a PhD student and I, I immediately felt that there was not anymore the, the difference that you feel uh, maybe with a professor while you're in the university, that, that you feel somehow that they are way far from you and that, that you're just there to, again, to sit down and, and learn. While I, I was positively surprised by the fact that in the PhD, they already treat you like, like okay, now, now we are collaborating. We are not just uh, interacting in one way. We are interacting in both ways. And this happened not just with my supervisor, well, mainly with my supervisor, but then also with the other people around in the group, like postdocs and uh, older researchers. Uh, and then, of course, also with the people of my age. I really had like amazing friendships with my colleagues during the PhD that I still keep now. And, and this was maybe something that I would expect, but not so much, because I had much closer friendship with uh, other mathematicians during the PhD than during the, uni the university. So we were way closer. I don't know, maybe it also depends on, on the environment and on the people that you meet, but it was nice, yes. <laughs> my next question is actually a bit contrasting to what you just said, because from my perspective, mathematics is usually perceived as a very solitary field of science and also in the media you, you usually hear about that one mathematician that solved this or that problem and so according to your words it's not like this and you still ex have a lot of exchange with your colleagues yes well it's i cannot completely uh, say that you're wrong when you say that it's a very solitary field because this is true and, and this is sometimes maybe the thing that I find harder with mathematics, 
that sometimes you're really just sitting there and trying to come up with an idea that it doesn't come. And, but if you are, it, it depends a lot on, on where you, you, you are and which type of group, but sometimes you end up working in small groups. I've always worked with two, maximum three people together, not more. But then, uh, and of course, not every day. Maybe you just meet twice a week or three times a week to really interact with each other. But there it's really very cooperative. As uh, You just sit maybe in front of a blackboard and everybody is trying to give its contribution as much as, uh, as possible. But that's, true. that's also true that in the rest of the time, then sometimes you're just sitting there and it's solitary in a sense that, that you feel that, that you're doing something, but, but nobody around maybe can help you. It depends a lot. To me, it's also true that my friendship were more people doing the PhD together with me, but maybe not on the same topic. So we were supporting each other a lot because some probably we knew what the other was going through, maybe with a very difficult problem or something that we knew that we couldn't really do anything to help him solving that, him or her solving that. But we knew that we could be there for each other. So that may be okay. Now I see that, that you're struggling with this problem and then maybe I try to tell you something about my problem such that I distract you and maybe I give you some more new idea. And then maybe we just go out together and we try to distract from mathematics a bit just that tomorrow we can start from fresh. And about distracting, science in general is, often has this reputation of being rather a calling than a job, than a simple job. And it's actually a problem for many scientists to disconnect or to put a border between their work and life. And I think for mathematicians, it's particularly a problem because you can't just stop your experiment and say, now I'm going home. So basically, your, your work is always with you. You have just a pencil and the, and the paper and sometimes not even that. How do you deal with this? Uh, I'm not sure that I'm able to deal with that. Uh, but I'm, I keep on trying to, to, to set boundaries. But you're completely right that it's very hard to, to, to divide this and, and to decide, okay, now I've worked enough because there's always also this uh, feeling that maybe you didn't do enough because maybe you couldn't come up with a nice idea to solve a problem. Then you have this feeling that it's somehow your fault. This is, of course, not true, but, but it's hard to, to cope with that feeling because maybe you think, okay, I've really tried hard, but apparently I didn't try hard enough to get something. And then it's hard to say, no, for today, it's enough. I have to stop and maybe distract a bit and, and try to do something completely different such that then tomorrow I can start with a fresh mind. This is hard. And I think that in this, it helps a lot interacting with colleagues, which are also friends, because then they can help you in, in this and in saying, okay, now I see that, that you have done enough. I can testify that you did enough. So now maybe it's time for you to take a break. And Absolutely. yeah, this is, this is really, if you have some good friend among your colleagues, this is, this is very, very helpful. And you are also a member of the team that was organizing 
the workshop Junior Female Researchers in Probability that was supposed to be in Berlin in summer. Yes. Didn't take place, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Could you uh, please tell a bit what is this workshop is about and for whom is it? Yes. So I'm very happy actually to talk about this workshop because uh, since we couldn't really have it uh, here, but we are still hoping to, to, to have it as soon as possible. Uh, but at least talking already a bit about this is nice. And the idea of our workshop was to uh, try to communicate uh, a strong scientific program in, in probability, because this was only for probability, but uh, all from female speakers. But the idea was really to, to focus on the scientific part and just somehow to show that even if you usually see few female mathematicians, you can easily do a very good program with very good scientific speakers that are just only female. And, and this is, uh, it, it usually happened that in many conferences you don't see many female, but maybe just because there are not enough or maybe because they don't get the, um, a good visibility because people don't know them. And so we wanted to uh, have something that was really just focusing on the topics and on the on the scientific part but by chance you know these are all female and just to show that it's completely possible we have seen many workshops with only male speakers so sometimes it's nice to balance this and and on the other hand we also wanted to have it so we wanted and we are still willing to invite young uh, researchers and also young students to, to see this. So we would like to have as uh, participants of these workshops uh, uh, also, I don't know, master students that are not sure whether they would like to pursue a career in the, in the academia or not, or maybe they're just unsure whether they want to start a PhD or they would like to have some, some hint on, on what's going on. And, and this is, of course, a bit harder because um, for female students, you, there's a lack of role models. So maybe you feel that, that, that you, you are not sure whether you want to, to pursue that career because you have never seen enough female as professors or maybe as lecturers in the university. And so it's nice sometimes to have a way just to be exposed to this, not really just to, not, not really to force the idea we have to fight, because of course we, we have to try to make everything as fair as possible for everybody. And, but that was not really our first uh, aim. Our aim was really just to speak from a scientific point of view because we are probably also not particularly, uh, we are not the, the right person to, to speak about politics maybe on this side. So we, we refrain to do that, that because we are not experts on this, but, but we are experts on in probability and, and we can just try to organize something that it's already strong and, and, and interesting as a meeting and that on the other side can also do some role modeling and that would be nice. And, and we also plan to have uh, plenty of uh, space for young students to speak, but we will again just restrict to have female speakers. But this is really not 
a political statement in a sense that we want to make differences, but we would like to, to have some stage as a possibility for female speakers to speak all together and, and to meet and to interact. And as I understood, is also anyone can attend it. It's not a, a female conference only for, exactly. for women. Anybody can attend it. Exactly. The... Yes, this is really what we want to stress. So we choose to have female speakers, but of course it's a scientific program. So it's it's interesting for everybody. And, and we just chose to focus on female speaker in order to give them some some one additional possibility to speak, but, but we really don't want to, to speak about the, the issue about the lack of uh, female in, in, in mathematics, that we know it's there, but, but we would like to have a scientific program and to show everybody that this is something that it's interesting and it can be done. So, of course, we would be very happy to have a very mixed audience if possible. Let's, let's, let's hope. And speaking from your experience, do females in, let's narrow down to, to probability, do females in probability experience certain difficulties or discrimination in, in connection to being in such minority? For me, it's probably a hard question because I personally never experienced anything like that. And I, I cannot say that I saw something that, that was really based on discrimination. I'm sure that there were probably times are also finally changing. So maybe now it's much easier than it was 20 years ago. So I guess, for example, that the few uh, female professors that you can see now, they probably had hard times. But on the other hand, I cannot really say that I, I saw some discrimination going on that I, and I didn't even heard from, from some friends of mine anything about this. I really hope that, that this is a good uh, uh, mirror of, of, the, um, of the society, of, in some sense, of at least of the probabilistic uh, society. From my point of view, I think there are not. But, but Let's hope that this is true. This is like, of course, I cannot no, no, certify yeah, for sure. everybody, but yes. And I also noticed that uh, while you've been in VS, you have already helped with supervising two students, ma master and bachelor mm -hmm. students, and they were both women. Yeah. Was it a coincidence? Yes. <laughs> Actually, we are also at the moment uh, uh, supervising another uh, one, and she's also a female. But this was a coincidence also because they, they all went uh, to my uh, supervisor, so, so to the head of my group, which is a male professor. And then we ended up working together because he uh, suggested them several topics, and they chose the topic in which I'm also working on. and so. We ended up working together, but I, yeah, I think it was just a chance. I don't know, but I hope that seeing some some uh, older female working in in the field maybe it's it's uh, encouraging a bit. So maybe it was also the reason, but I actually don't know. But but I I was very happy to to somehow show what we are doing and show that 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 there are. Uh, female working on this because also here in Bias we are not so many so I, I always love when I can 
show that to somebody such that, that it opens a bit uh, the doors of the institute to see that what's going on inside. So you feel this um, need to to kind of inspire this younger generation of girls? Uh, yeah, this is, in some sense, I, I, I like to, um, to show that it's something that, that you don't need to be incredibly special to do that also, like, very normal people can do. It, it's, of course, mathematics is maybe some, some, a topic that if you don't like it, you don't even want to do that. But, but that if you like it, you don't have to be afraid that it's too hard for you. Try. And, and you will see that not all of us are genius, that we are just working together. We try to, to come up with ideas and, and exactly that, that, Nobody has to be afraid of, of the field. And I think that, that especially for uh, girls, this is something that has to be a bit shown because there are so few female mathematicians that, that it's always nice to, to, to show a bit more and, and to just make clear that actually there are many, but maybe they are not on the news and maybe they are not... Uh, they don't get the, the full visibility of somebody else, and then it's nice to, to, to talk about this. I like it, actually. And what are your plans now? Are you planning your next career steps? Uh, yes, in some sense. I'm, uh, well, uh, I would like to... Uh, so I'm Italian, and I would like to go back to Italy for a permanent position. So at the moment, what I'm trying to do is to look around and to see if there are some permanent position and maybe if there are not to find some uh, shorter term position, maybe to, to move somewhere else and then to, to, to try to apply for a permanent position. Because I think that for research, especially in mathematics, since we are not really uh, working a lot with uh, machines and with experiments, it's also very important to have connections with people. And so when, when you can maybe work a few years in a place and then maybe work some other years in another, then your CV will be much better because you had more interaction with people. Maybe you learned more uh, the way in which pe different people work, which may change a lot, even if, uh, of course, as you were saying, we are just working with uh, paper and, and a pen, but, but maybe there are different ways of approaching some problems and it's nice to get in contact with these different places, uh, ways of, of uh, doing that. And so my plan in some sense is to try to, to find some, some other position and if it's permanent, then of course it's maybe a bit easier because then you don't feel the pressure of uh, uh, publishing many, many papers because then you have to find a permanent position. But but let's see. In some sense, I, I'm trying at the moment to do what I, I think I like. And then if it doesn't go on, then let's see. I will try to, to do something else. <laughs> well, I hope you will succeed with looking for a position. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very much uh, for nice conversation. <laughs> Thank you very much to you. That was the third interview of the Marta Fogt podcast series. Thank you very much for listening. You can find the earlier episodes and subscribe for the new ones on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as Forschungsverbund website. As usual, you will find the link in the show notes. Bye-bye.